Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. Uh, my guest is Robin Raskin. She's a veteran tech journalist. Uh, she founded Living in Digital Times, and she's uh, you know worked with PC Magazine, uh, PC Kids, uh, Yahoo, etc. It's been around for quite a while, and um, the current endeavor we're going to talk about is is raising kids in in these digital times. You know, I have kids, and I'm sure a lot of listeners do, and they're glued to iPads and their phones and all that from the time they're like a year or two old. So we're going to talk about the consequences of that and uh, what Robin's current work is and her her commentary on raising kids in a digital world. So, Robin, how are you doing? Uh, great, great. Glad that my own children were raised when AOL and Prodigy and CompuServe was still the dominant form, and I thought they were scary. So my heart goes out to anybody who's a parent because there's a lot of questions we're all asking ourselves as parents and humans. What's a, so what do you see? You know, what, well, first of all, what got you interested in how kids uh, work with technology, you know, what what turned you on to that yeah. or what made you aware of it or worried you about it so you got into it? So I think the promise is so unbelievably great still today that instead of just sitting passively, you are interacting with a, a medium. And that's really exciting for kids because we know there's no better way to master something than to interact with it. And even more than that, kids were allowed where they were given the tools, you know, from the early Mac days on to become creators, to make their own art, to make their own poetry, to make their own programming. And so this this, this computing machine became um, a wonderful platform for kids' expression. And now I think with um, coding, it's even a more wonderful uh, way to do it. Like, Coding is one of the few places, like, you can get it wrong and it's still okay. You get it wrong, you go back and iterate. Kids feel mastery. They feel agency. There's a power that comes when kids and computers get together when it's used well. Yeah, well, um, I mean, there's the coding element. I can tell you some of the behaviors I've seen. Um, you know, my own kids, for instance, they literally never watch TV, which you think could be a good thing, but they're they're getting all their info from YouTube, for instance. You know, they want to... Get rabbits, you know. They, you know, my daughters wanted rabbits, so my wife told me, "All right, well, you better research it." So they, you know, they went to YouTube and they learned all about rabbits, and uh, that seems to be where they're getting all their info instead of TV. Yeah. So it's better that it's it's more direct, well, and more, wrong, more personalized. But, wrong or right? I mean, TV. You know, there was some big money behind it, so you kind of knew, like National Geographic and Discovery. You, know, the, the the information was accurate. YouTube you become much more, uh, you have to know what's accurate and what isn't. And even so, I mean, we grew up using Wikipedia when we wanted to learn about something. And even that had a certain level of trust that uh, YouTube um, might not. And, you know, kids love, you know, the stupider and sillier it is on YouTube, the more fun they have. And, And that's fine in moderation. On the other hand, I've seen kids like, oh, I can build a house. I saw it on YouTube, or I know how to put this washer-dryer together. So, you know, with amazing power comes, you know, amazing responsibility. They've, they, they've got to learn how to, you know, separate 
the junk from the good stuff. Junk's okay, but in moderation. And then, uh, you know, when they're using it as a learning tool, use it from teachers that know what they're doing. So it's a tough one. Yeah. So what's your, you know, I hear your stance and all that, but what are you doing in this uh, in this realm? You know, what's your current project that you're working on? Yeah. So the most important thing, so after magazines, so I worked at PC Magazine, and then I started Family PC, a magazine for parents who are raising kids in a digital world and weren't sure what to do. Many conferences and events on many different subjects, but one that I do every year at the Consumer Electronics Show is called um, kids at play, and then there's a family version called Family Tech. So for families, we look at smart homes, we look at the Internet of Things, we look at driving, we look at issues like should you track your kid in the car, should your kid wear a GPS tracker. For our kids, we look at how kids are learning to code and why that's important or not, how they're learning high-tech skills is just a prerequisite to getting into any job of their choice, even if it's a ballerina. So we look at a whole bunch of issues. We invite experts from all sorts of fields to grapple with the stuff of what it means to be digital. And we do it at the Consumer Electronics Show as a conference. Because hmm, your kids, you know, Mattel, Hasbro, Disney, all their favorite brands and all their favorite licensed characters now have digital persona. You know, there's when Star Wars came out, Lenovo had the augmented reality version of of uh, Star Wars and, and um, Iron Man came out as an augmented reality platform with Hasbro. So all of the toy companies are working really hard to figure out how to give your kids a great high-tech interactive experience. And yeah, that's great. VR is VR is step next. You know, your you know, your kids are gonna be in virtual reality too, adding a whole nother level of things. So every toy company and manufacturer is figuring out how to incorporate the digital element but make it feel authentic and organic. Yeah, you know, like why does Fortnite do well? Why did HQ do so well for a slightly older audience? You know? Um and the game Patterns are always the same, mystery, quizzes, trivia, battling. Um, it's just the medium changes. Yeah, you know, like my son was into mine, Minecraft for a while, and he would build, build stuff and shear sheep and, you know, craft things, and it was really cool. He learned a lot of amazing stuff from it, about different ores and digging down into the earth yeah. and architecture, and it was amazing all the things that he could, you know, that he learned from it. Yeah, and now yeah, he's Minecraft, Fortnite, it's... You know. Yes, <laughs> not learning as much, right? But it's, right, yeah. you know, and then you have to, parents always ask me, how much time should I let my kid spend in front of a screen? And I said, you know, it depends on, on your kid. You know, if you're convinced that he is the next, you know, Bill Gates or somebody, it might be okay to let him spend more time, you know, whereas if it's, you know, social media, if it's uh, if it's distracting from making friends and having a real life, if it's not getting your homework done, I think it's time for rules. And the uh, funny thing is, we know who's even guiltier than the kids, right? And that's the parents. Uh, oh, we yeah. set our own worst examples for our children. There's nothing more pathetic than seeing a little child chugging, going, would you please look at me for a minute and put your phone down, Mom? You know? Mm-hmm. So... We're just as bad. We all now know that tech is addicting. The same way it plays on the same hormone, you know, the same uh, 
endorphins that that drugs do and and antidepressants and the people behind a lot of the social networks in particular have used this very well to make us feel um we're missing something terrible something makes us feel lonesome and tired if we're not doing this so we all have to be very mindful and i think you're going to see a whole new way of mindful computing your your phone might say hey you've been like spending way too long on this app or you may be able to set up conditions on your mobile device um i think um i think families are going to get really rules for what they will allow and disallow in their homes like no phones at the dinner table kind of thing right are you seeing differences uh, between boys and girls? I mean, I see, you know, with, with my kids, they definitely use technology very differently. Do you see that, um, you know, girls need a different approach to it versus boys? Is it particularly good or bad for girls or boys or at certain ages? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, some will disagree with me, but I think girls and boys have always, you know, learned a little, it's been attracted to different activities. A boy, you know, since time immemorial, will pick up a stick and use it as a gun. I mean, that's just like, they just like a shoot 'em up game where a girl in general likes more um, um, to have a context. I used, when Doom was popular, I used to say, you know, if it was my boyfriend on the other end of the hallway, I might like shooting. You know, my ex-boyfriend, mm. you know, girls, look, girls need that context and that storytelling. And that's why tech like oh, Goldie Blocks um, and then Little Bits that had a story as you were building electronics, you were learning the backstory. And I think that worked quite well with girls and it works well with some boys too. Um, and I mean, I think the great part of technology now is that to build it takes all sorts of people, you know, coders and behavioral psychologists and storytellers and animators and movie makers to build a good piece, a uh, good experience in the digital world. And I think that's going to, I know for a long time, boys were the dominant force in the tech industry and made products in their own image, shall we say. <laughs> and I think that's right. about to change. Um, so I think they do learn differently. Uh, you know, there have been Talk to Me Barbie, which was an inter an Internet of Things toy, Barbie doll connected to the cloud. There have been right. um, a lot of attempts at girl toys. I can't say all of them have been successful. And I will say that at this very moment, with Toys R Us closing and parents not mm. being able to see toys with um, fake news and privacy and all of the issues we're confronting um, on Instagram and Facebook and WhatsApp. Um, I think tech is going to have a little trouble for the next you know, six, seven months while a Facebook proves that it can actually be respectful of people's privacy, where toy makers can create new types of venues where um, you can go in and try out a digital toy. Because you know what happens as a parent. You go in and say, oh, this looks really great. Oh, wait, do they have a Mac or a PC? Are they going to be able to download this app on the phone? Do this include the batteries? You know, and it's, it's been right. a little difficult to buy tech toys without seeing them. So I hope that you're going to see more. Um, I call them experiential play places, like where you can go try things out. A lot of, right. you know, um, and I think that's going to help the toy industry merge into the tech industry in a, in, in a great way. And right now what I tell parents is, you know, whatever your kid's interest is, whether it's horses, 
ballet theater. There is a tech world of apps and internet sites and often playthings to help. I also think, I, I think kid, every kid's going to be flying a drone and should get a pilot's license now. What about you? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't want to have drones all over the place, but you know, if it happens, it happens. I'm not sure. Well, I think you know, these little toy ones, um, in, you know, in the right place and with your kid trained, um, you know, could be a great, you know, they love taking photos. Um, I think, um, you know, so you're seeing the things that were originally the domain of parents, you know, um, filter into the kid's world. Um, right. And, um, yeah, uh, 3D printers, I think, are going to be somewhat common for kids um, you know, to have, if not in their homes, at least access to, like in the neighborhood. So uh, you want to perish, you want to make a present for somebody or you've lost a piece to a game, you can go in and print it. And we're not there yet, but we won't get there. Well, it seems like, um, well, I mean, it is true. A lot, of, a lot of kids spend a lot of their waking hours in school, and school seems to be, like, seriously lagging in terms of technology, yeah. um, you know, so they, they get their tech yeah. at home, but they're in school most of the time. I don't know. Do, do you yeah. feel like parents need to supplement, you know, kids' experience with tech? I mean, they certainly need to guide it yeah. so they don't go wrong. But what's, um, what's a, a generic prescription, you could say, for uh, for better parenting as it comes to technology? And kids? Yeah. Unfortunately, um, it, you are correct that schools are super unequal. Like, there are some very high-tech schools. Not surprisingly, they tend to be in high-tech places like Silicon Valley, where they are well-funded. Um, and then there's some super low-tech schools that are using age-old equipment. But um, the good news is that, um, oh, I, I just saw Acer the other day, and they um, have a huge education push for um, Chromebooks that cost about $200. So does Apple. Uh, so does um, Asus. So at $100 a student with a pen, um, and they have all these carts for teachers to keep up with the lessons, there's going to be less of an excuse not to have um, computers. So I think the schools really do need to step up. And you know, of course, it's not just the equipment. It's having teachers who know what to do with it, because otherwise you might as well just have placemats on the desk. So, um, right. But Google's done some great educational curriculum. So I really, you know, I think Ball's in the superintendent of every city and town's court to make this a priority because honest you know that the jobs that exist today i mean a lot of them will become automated and mechanized in some form or another and the jobs of the future will rely on an understanding of computers so i think um parents have to push their ptas um they raise money um but mostly train people and if parents can't do it in their schools they should look at an after-school program uh, Girls Who Code, um, um, the, the Bronx Academy here in New York. There's a million great resources, usually locally, usually after school, usually by some great folks. And I'm not saying every kid has to be a geek, but they should be well-versed in the theory of of, of programming, like if, then, what else. It's, it's all about thinking about a problem in a thoughtful, critical, sequential way. And they just got to know that in order um, to get the next generation of jobs that we haven't even begun to think of their names yet, you know, what those jobs are going to be called. Right. So it's a, it's a, tough, yeah, I mean, it's a it, tough one. You know, if you were to rate the schools, you know, give them a report card, 
and how they're uh, preparing kids to, you know, get jobs in the new tech world. I mean, how are they doing? Oh, gosh. I would give them, um, you know, I would would give them all, you know, C's. Now, if you go to um, college and you are a major in engineering or, or, you know, computer science, things get a little better. But even, you know, a general college education doesn't have to include one bit of um, um, computing. On the other hand, there are instances like I just wrote a piece about why handwriting should come back in fashion. There's something about taking notes with your hand that sinks it into your brain. There's lots of cognitive studies about this. So I think it's all a matter of balance. Um, So I do know university professors who say, no computers in my classroom. I don't need the kids like surfing around their favorite websites while I'm lecturing. And I kind of get it. So I think it's all a matter of this. Yeah, you know, we call it digital diet. We call it digital attention span. But it's a matter of the most important thing we are going to learn in the next decade of um, high tech is um, some self control. You know, uh, you, it's like binging on Netflix. You got to do it once in a while, but you, uh, you know, you don't want to make a lifetime out of it. Um, yeah. And and so good parenting is going to involve like all these new digital skills. And um, that are just going to be able to say, hey, yes, no, discussion, yes, no, I think it's too much. There's a bunch of new software out that will actually let you and your kids negotiate hours online. Um, There are routers now that will um, monitor your child's behavior online, not that they're going to, um, you know, porn sites all the time or anything, but sometimes they just may be spending inordinate amounts of time, um, you know flicking through YouTube when they should be, right. you know, when you say, Hey, what are you doing? They say, Oh, I'm studying the civil war, you know? And yeah, so, so it's, you know, I would prefer it as a matter of trust, but I think, um, every family knows that there are times when trust breaks down a little and you might want to use tech as part of the answer and tell your kids, you know what, we're having issues. So I'm just going to put on this monitoring stuff. Um, and I used to tell my kids, I am just as bad as you are at um, wasting my time. So I'm going to look at everything we all do. Why don't you come look at it with me? And then yeah. like when you get a, um, a spam letter, you know, like this is your bank and you know we're asking you for money. I think you should call your kids over and you say to them, hey, <laughs> look at this. I just got this thing. I don't know what, if it's real, right, wrong, true. What do you think? And then you've had yeah, a discussion. A yeah. And they see that it's your life that's been tampered with by check. They're embarrassed. You know, nobody wants to be a fool and be taken by a scam. And so if you can make them comfortable that somebody who told them they were going to win something and they applied and they didn't, you know, you've done it too. We've all done it. We've all been embarrassed about something online. And yeah. um, so they, I think, I think we can be really helpful as role models, not just of oh, how perfect we are, but how pathetic we are just like them. <laughs> so what do you want uh, your role to be or what do you see your role as or you know, what is your role in the, lately in the tech world? So I have um, now seen this revolution twice. Uh, so once with uh, the internet and personal computers, and then second time round now with mobile devices, and probably next time round with cryptocurrencies and virtual currencies that, oh, by the way, 
kids are going to be really good at because they learned how to play games with virtual currencies. They just sort of get it. Second Life. And, you know, they just get the whole idea of trading things for things. And so I hope my role is um, choose my perspective on all this to bring the thought leaders together that create meaningful discussions and help parents set rules, help kids know they're not alone and, and, and shouldn't feel alone. We're all going to have problems as we transition to a digital world. Um, you know, it's happening in medicine. It's happening in stores. It's happening everywhere. We're all stumbling, trying to figure out the rules. So um, they should be a part of that discussion. So we actually, my company has one award, and I'd love to pitch it. It's called Young Innovators to Watch. Dot com. Okay. You can enter it. You can win a trip to come out to CES with us and meet mm. mentors and be celebrated. And you can meet accelerators and besides getting scholarship money, uh, we take you and your family to Vegas with us. And some of these kids are amazing rock stars. And um, they're at that age when, you know, it's so easy to say, oh, you know, this is really hard. I don't want to do it. I'd rather just hang with on YouTube. But I think by rewarding the these kids at the ages 13 to 18 is what we do. I think it changes their life. So hopefully that's like our little way of, um, of, of helping folks. Um, we get involved in sure. the toy association and other parenting groups just to tell people you're not wrong. This is tough stuff, but um, we can do it if we all figure it out together. Well, very good. Um, any last words for, you know, for parents that are worried and confused and, you know, I guess primarily worried about what's going to happen with their kids and technology? Um, I guess one thing is, you know, go to your kids when um, my kids are definitely more adept than I am at technology. My young workers are more adept, but I have more experience. So that's why it needs to be uh, a two-way conversation. I've seen more life and can kind of get the, the gist of things. They are faster fingers and faster reflexes. So I think the combination of um, tech together as a family is something I really believe in. Okay. Well, very good. Robin, uh, last question. You know, how can people find out more? You mentioned the Young Innovators uh, yeah. website. Young Innovators to Watch. Mm -hmm. okay. so, so they should go to Young Innovators to Watch dot com to find out about entering our next round of scholarships for their kids, but they can find out about everything that we do in all of the conferences at a site called livingindigitaltimes.com, livingindigitaltimes.com, and that's a series of conferences and events mostly take place at CES, but really all over the world. And we do everything from robot shows that are like fashion shows to, uh, shows about blockchain, Bitcoin, and cryptocurrency. So it's um, it's a good resource, and you can kind of see who we're talking to, what they're talking about, and um, hopefully um, we'll see you at one of these shows. Well, very good. Robin, thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Anytime. Have a great, great day, all right? You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.